Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And welcome once again to our ongoing minty fiction segment. It has sound effects. Christina is amazing and makes it sound so good. I love listening to them. Um, this is ongoing, as I said, so please see the past episodes in the series. We are, we've, we've been meaning to do a playlist of these <laughs> uh, to make it easier to keep track of them, and we'll, we'll do that soon. Um, but this is the second part of a trilogy that I wrote as part of NaNoWriMo. Um, so, Please, if you have interest, maybe you don't care and you're just like, I'll check this one out. That's fine. Um, but if you want to understand what's going on, <laughs> maybe go back. <laughs> I've watched randomly an episode of a TV show like five seasons in sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I made you do that a couple of times. Yeah. You made me do that a couple of times. Yeah. Trying to make sure we knew what the other one was talking about. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Do what do what you want to do. I'm just do, making a recommendation. <laughs> do it as like a... Pick of the playlist where you just do six, twelve, eight, one. Yeah, Ran- See, like a lottery numbers, like a random. Whole new, a whole new story is being told. That I mean, one of my favorite books is written in that manner. Um, but it's also like I try to keep the title of these fiction episodes very clean. But this one, I was like, I have so many pun titles I could make, and I can't make them. Um, but just know. That I had a lot of title ideas for this one. So we're going to talk about this more at the end. Um, but this was definitely... Again, I'm kind of rereading this for the first time. I'm editing it very lightly. And I wrote it in like 2011. And I can tell so clearly where I was at this point in life just by rereading it. I was like, oh, this was your running phase. You were running from trauma. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we'll talk about that more then. You're not the only one. Yeah, it is. I was shocked at how much I was like having such like strange nostalgic. Oh, I remember exactly where I was when I wrote oh, this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
I also want to give the disclaimer that I know nothing about riding horses. I've done it a couple times in my life, and that's it. All right, so brief recap. Uh, essentially, there is this disease that is killing off humanity. It's making it very difficult to have children, um, and the population has just dwindled. Now there is a religious organization that kind of run things alongside the government, and they believe that this whole thing is a punishment. Uh, but it turns out that they were kind of the reason that it happened because they were the ones that wanted to punish people. So our main characters, Tilda and Madison, Tilda illegally ran away with her child, Madison. She's been on the run. She discovers that the people who are in charge of this religious organization are her son's grandparents. She finds out they destroyed the vaccine that was created, but they left one for Madison, her son. So she gave it to him, and then she broadcast about what they did and then ran for it. But now all these people are chasing them. It is winter. It is bad. They don't have food. Their clothes are, like, falling apart. But yes, they have found a generator, and they have found kind of a cabin, and they're having a bit of a a brief respite. But that respite is coming to an end. Yes. And we will get into that uh, once we get into our fiction. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Tilda dreamt she was running. She had been running, and she was running, and she would be running until her legs would no longer carry her. She ran through fields and through forest, vines tangling at her feet, her toes scraping along the dirt. Her knees throbbed and her feet burned with every impact. Her lungs seized and every breath blazed down her throat. She didn't know why she was running or where. 
only that she had to, that she was trapped in this life of running, and that if she stopped, everything stopped. She stopped existing. If she stopped, the world around her would disintegrate into darkness. If she stopped, everything died. The world depended on her to keep running. So she ran in steel twilight that made her blink, made it hard to see where she was going to plant her next foot. The air was cold and unforgiving. Snow collected on her shoes. She ducked under branches and hopped over roots. Her pace quickened. Something was behind her. She could hear it, growling, feel its breath on her neck. And something was in front of her, something she was chasing, elusive. She'd catch slivers of it slipping between the trees, flashes in the gray. She sped up, even though she was barely standing, even though there was nothing left. Running was her bones, her blood, her existence. The presence behind her reached out. She reached forward, stretching out her fingers. Tilda jilted awake. She blinked, looking around in confusion, her tired brain processing what had woken her up. It couldn't be. But there it was again. Neighing. Stomping. The man with the horse, he was outside. Tilda almost choked on the surge of her fear. She pushed herself down into the couch, her mind flickering over options. Madison slept on, unaware. Did he know that they were inside? She thought frantically. How could he not? Though it appeared the generator had cut off, judging by the temperature and lack of noise, why else would he have backtracked to the outside of this cabin? And why hadn't he yet entered? Tilda swallowed, contemplating. There was nothing she could do, really, if he was outside. If they snuck out the back, he would undoubtedly hear them, and leaving without their supplies just wasn't an option. It wasn't in her nature, though, to lay down and admit defeat. To wait. She very carefully slipped out from underneath the blankets, not wanting to wake Madison until absolutely necessary. Her toes curled on contact with the cold floor. She must have kicked off her socks in the night. Crouching, she crept over to the window, stepping over clothes and shoes. They should have packed. She knew better. She knew they needed to be ready to leave at any time. Controlled breaths, very steady through her teeth. She was shaking, both with cold and fear. She pressed herself under the window, ducking her head, making sure to stay out of sight. Breathe. She instructed herself and then slowly, slowly lifted her head to peek out the corner of the window. At first, she only saw patches of snow, wide eyes that felt too open swept over the landscape, unblinking. She jumped, almost losing her balance when the horse snorted, much closer than the last time. It entered the frame right at the porch, a giant black mare. Tilda watched, forgetting her simple instructions to draw breath. She froze in place as the horse pawed its way closer to the porch. The man was nowhere in sight. What is that? Madison whispered from the couch. Tilda started again. The man. The man with the horse. Tilda gave a quick nod. What do we do? Madison asked, and for the briefest moment, Tilda resented him, but it just as quickly turned on herself. She didn't know. She didn't have the answers. Get dressed. Quietly. 
and stay down, out of sight. Madison complied, climbing free of the blankets and collecting his clothes from the pile on the floor. Tilda did the same, eyes latched to the horse as she pulled on her sweater and winter jacket, her winter pants, clothes whispering into place. She slid her hands into black gloves and pulled on her hat, a soldier preparing for battle. The horse turned its head to the window as if it could see them through the pane. Tilda glanced at the back door, terrified she'd see the man waiting just outside. She slipped her arms into her pack, readjusting the straps. She felt more whole with it on. Complete. The horse whinnied again. Tilda zipped her backpack and slid it on her shoulders, a very daring, very stupid plan forming in her head. Stay down, she intoned, and follow me. They crept along the wall, gloved hand ghosting along the wood paneling. With trembling, encumbered fingers, she turned the lock with an ominous click. Her breath was coming in pants now, shallow, short. She could feel Madison at her side, watching her, scared and confused. She fortified her resolve and twisted the knob, slow, methodical. She winced at the creak. Tilda craned her neck out the door, breath fogging, skin almost recoiling at the cold. She glanced around, looking for the horse's owner. She didn't see him, but she could picture him walking around the cabin, assessing, ready to strike. They'd have to move quickly, but very carefully. Reaching behind her, she grabbed Madison's hand, silently communicating for him to keep up with her. The pair of them took quick steps out, staying hunched over and moving as quietly as possible. Down the stairs, they crept, each one creaking under their weight. Tilda twisted her neck back and forth, looking for the man. Then she turned her eyes to the horse. She slowed down, not wanting to startle it. She held up her free hand in the universal gesture for, I mean no harm. Good girl, Tilda whispered, taking tiny steps closer, approaching very carefully. It's okay. Madison's hand clutched hers more tightly. It had been a long time since she'd ridden a horse. She hoped it was like riding a bike. The horse appeared to be docile. It observed them unworriedly. With a twitch of an ear, the horse went back to grazing on what little grass it could find. With care, she drew Madison in front of her and hoisted him up by the armpits, swinging him up into the saddle. Surprised, Madison was resistant at first, unpliable, but he reacted instinctively, putting a foot in the stirrup to help himself over. The horse snorted and it flicked its tail, but did not protest otherwise, barely giving Tilda a glance. Anticipation made Tilda almost forget the cold. She looked around as she slid one booted foot into the stirrup and heaved herself up and over, putting the other foot in the opposite stirrup. Still nothing. No sign of the horse's owner. She gripped the leather straps around Madison, whispering in his ear, Hold on. Madison wound his fingers delicately in the horse's black mane. She dug the heels of her boots into the horse's sides, guiding her forward. At first, the horse ignored her, but Tilda dug her heels in even more insistently, giving the reins a light flick. The horse acquiesced with a soft whinny. Okay, Tilda muttered under her breath, tense, trying to get a feel for the riding. She kept the pace slow, following south along the stream. 
At any moment, she thought she was going to hear a man shout, hear the pounding of boots as he chased after them, realizing she'd stolen his horse. But all she heard was the sound of their breathing and the muffled clop-clopping of the horse's hooves on the snow and leaves, almost lost to the cracking and shushing of ice and snow, thawing and falling from limbs. Relaxing a bit more into it, Tilda pushed the horse to move a bit more quickly. She hesitated to do anything above a trot, afraid they'd fall off or the horse would trip up over an unseen obstacle or one they may be going too hastily to avoid. Madison looked from side to side, apparently relishing their vantage point from atop the mare. I can't believe it, he whispered, nearly giddy. We're riding a horse. I never thought I'd ride a horse. Tilda made a noncommittal sound of agreement, not yet convinced that they were out of danger. Her neck hurt from craning it around to look for threats and keeping it bent downward in an attempt to see the path in front of them. What should we call her? You name her mouse. He went quiet for a long moment, thinking, I guess Lynn wouldn't want a horse named after her. What about... No. Hmm. Scout. Scout it is, Tilda said distractedly. You don't think I'm hurting her, do you? He asked fretfully, referring to his hands twisted in her mane. Nah, Tilda dismissed, navigating them around a fallen tree. Are we heavy? Too heavy? No, I think we're pretty light, Madison, she assured him. I can't believe we stole a horse. Madison sounded both awed and frightened. Do you think that man will come after us? I don't know, Tilda murmured, her standard response these days. But keep an eye out, okay? Let me know if you see anything, yeah? Madison nodded, immediately swiveling his head to take in their surroundings. Everything fell away from Tilda except guiding the horse guiding Scout onward. She was too cold to be comfortable, but she was very glad to have this horse instead of venturing onward on foot. She only hoped the man they'd stolen it from didn't have friends. Madison seemed to be enjoying himself thoroughly, which did make Tilda feel better about the whole situation. The initial novelty had worn off, but only just. He looked around attentively, clouds of breath escaping his lips, cataloging, categorizing, studying... The woods thickened, then thinned. At its deepest, the trees were so close that Tilda was constantly pulling the reins to avoid the barren trunks of them. Now that a good bit of the ice had thawed, the creek gurgled beside them. The path grew rocky around midday. Scout hesitated, questioning Tilda's guidance, rocks clacking as they were dislodged from their place and sent rolling down the mountain. Tilda became consumed with the next step, afraid Scout would get one of her hooves stuck and fall snapping a leg. Tilda's heart raced at the thought of it. Even Madison sat straighter as the path steepened, both in reaction to the gravity and the tension he no doubt could sense rolling off Tilda in waves. They came to a stone bridge, naturally made from what Tilda could tell, spanning a gaping stone gulch carved into the rock. Crossing the archway on icy stone made Tilda nervous but a quick sweep of the landscape informed her that this was the only way, at least with going far, far out of the way, to cross. Acid burning in her stomach, she coaxed Scout forward over the impressive rock structure. The horse faltered a bit at the change of surface. Tilda's stomach swooped, and Madison gasped. The drop was sheer, a river flowing just beneath the ice and breaking the frozen surface in some places, like scrapes with white water surging up and onto the ice like pus. 
Trees and ferns were growing out of the rock face and Tilda could see a waterfall to her right, a quiet roar. She kept her eyes trained on the other side, her nostrils flaring, her mouth like cotton. After the arch reached its peak and started to crest downward, Scout slid and had to trot the rest of the way down so as to keep her balance. Tilda let out an explosive breath, grateful to be on solid ground. She looked back at the bridge, out of place in the perfection of the arch. This one slab of rock, impervious to erosion and symmetrically carved. A bridge in the middle of nowhere, as if nature knew people would need a way to pass. The rocky slopes bled into gentle waves of hills, the trees vastly spread out, giving them a better view of the sky than they'd had in days. Free of the treacherous sloping descent, Tilda found a stopping place under a hulking tree trunk, warped and gray. She slid off Scout with wobbly legs, then helped Madison hop down. She led Scout by the reins to the tree, detaching one end and reattaching it to a low-hanging tree branch. Madison ran his hand along Scout's hide, quickly back and forth, and Scout nudged his cheek with her snout in what Tilda interpreted as a sign of affection. Madison giggled. He petted her nose. Tilda shrugged off her pack, wondering how they'd feed Scout. The horse seemed content with munching on grass, but Tilda knew that wouldn't, couldn't, last. And water, she'd need water as well. Scout was already lapping spring water from the creek. That would do for now, Tilda thought heavily, digging out a small bottle of water for her and Madison each. She handed one to Madison. He struggled with a cap, twisting it this way and that with tiny grunts of frustration. Tilda snatched it back, tucking her own in the crook of her elbow and twisting the cap off, popping it back into his hands. He slipped greedily. Tilda opened her own and swallowed slowly, relishing the cool water against her burning, dry throat. Tilda and Madison settled against the tree trunk as they drank, while Scout alternately dipped her nose in the stream or nibbled at tufts of grass. They each got a protein bar, stale like dust but chewy somehow. They tasted like jam and sawdust. Tilda's stomach curdled. She sipped more water, taking controlled breaths. She untied Scout and they set out again. Tilda estimated they had about five hours of sunlight left. She had to guess, and there was little to do outside of speculate in an attempt to ignore the numbing of her body at the cold and at the long stents of being seated on Scout's back. She'd guess that they'd be out of the forest tomorrow, especially now that they were on horseback. But she had no way of knowing, really. There was still the question of what to do then, where to go. South was still a good bet, but visiting her parents no longer seemed like a viable option. She hadn't taken it off the table yet, but it would be very risky. She didn't know what else to do. Their close call in the cold woods, almost freezing to death with no one to know their fate, had made it abundantly clear that life on the road could not go on indefinitely. They needed to find some security. It was a basic need that had gone unmet for too long. Most of Madison's life, she'd been unable to offer him that. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position 
warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise, all things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. That brings us to the end of this chapter of Terminus Part 2, which again is officially called Big Things Start Small, but I figured I'd keep it clear with Terminus Part 2. So yeah, I definitely, as I said, when I was reading this, I was shocked at how clear some of these memories came back to me. For instance, enter the man with the horse. Um, this whole chapter is sort of like, who is this guy on the horse? What is he doing? So I used to, back on my college campus, they fixed this to my knowledge, but I used to, I didn't get along with my roommates. So I would hang out with my friend on the opposite side of campus. And that was like a mile and a half away. And mm. so I would walk back late at night from her dorm to my dorm. And there was 24 seconds I would count where there were no lights. And so I called it my 24 seconds. And so that there's a scene in here. I was like, oh my God, I'm writing about this 24 seconds. I even wrote a short story about it. Like, But one night, some of you may remember there was a tornado that touched down in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And um, I got this frightening text message that turned out to just be from the campus, but it said, like, get up, get in now or you won't survive. And I was freaking out. And I'm walking back. <laughs> and it's at the 24 seconds. It's storming. It's horrible. And there was a black horse, I swear to God, just walking by. And I was terrified. <laughs> was it a ghost? Was there a headless man on there too? Uh, well, so the next day after the, there was no headless man, Samantha. Um, <laughs> after, you know, kind of we were taking stock of the damage that had been done, there was a report that a lot of animals got loose oh. during this tornado. Oh, no. But I, listen to me, I saw this black horse. <laughs> you said, listen I to was me. so scared. <laughs> So this is uh, this chapter is largely inspired. By oh <laughs> my goodness! Yeah, yeah. I was working at this point, like I was in career mode, right? Yeah. I don't. That was a very. 
That was a bizarre when that tornado touched yeah, down. Yeah, in Atlanta. A, yeah. But yeah, just definitely, it is interesting to look back on the old things you wrote and be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember 2008, this. right? No. Well, well, that, yes, the, the horse might have yeah. been, but this, the inspiration of that. Because yeah. I still walked that length every night because I didn't yes. like my roommates. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm. And then I had to, I wrote it in French because I was in advanced French at the time. And I wrote the story of the 20, it was called the 24 seconds about this. So it was a big thing. It stuck with me. <laughs> Obviously. And the horse. I mean, if you if you had seen what I had seen, it would oh, stick with you too. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I hope you enjoyed it, listeners, because we do love doing these. And Christina does such an amazing job. As always, if you have uh, any suggestions for something we could read from the public domain, uh, that would be great. That'd be really fun. Um, we could even try some voice acting. That'd be great. <laughs> but in the meantime, if you have thoughts about this, if you have theories about this, uh, who is the man on the horse? I don't know. Um, <laughs> you can email us at stuffydmomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram and TikTok at Stuff I Never Told You. We have a T-Bellic store and we have a book. Uh, you can get wherever you get your books. Uh, thanks as always to our super producer, Christina, our executive producer, Maya, and our contributor, Joey. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.